Hi, it's Andrea again. Just wanted to let y'all know that this episode was recorded in two separate sessions, so there will be an audio change later on during the conversation. Um, I'm still navigating this remote podcasting thing, so please bear with me. Anyways, let's get on with the episode. Hi there, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of That Would Never Happen. Today, I have my friend Netta on the line. Hi, Netta. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. How is it going today? It's going good. How are you, Drea? I'm okay. I've been pretty much just uh, looking over my Legally Blonde notes today because I took (laughs) quite a bit. Um, So how have you been in terms of like everything going on in the world? (laughs) You know, I've been good. I've been okay. Uh, I got asked to go back to work mm-hmm. and it's been, it's been a weird, crazy couple of weeks. Cause it's been like, Oh, we're fully open. And Oh, you thought. <laughs> right. So it's just been a lot of shifts in like my schedule. So I literally went from having like doing nothing for the majority of the week to like mm-hmm. working five, six days a week. <laughs> all to being like packed. Yeah, all within like a short period of time. But I'm feeling I'm staying alive. I'm doing okay. How are you doing? Good. Good. I, I, I'm currently on the job hunt. So hopefully I will be busy <laughs> soon. <laughs> Just have my fingers crossed for that. But overall, I think considering everything, good. It's it's good all <laughs> over here. We're all healthy. That's all we can pretty much hope for, I guess. <laughs> That's good. That's good. <laughs> Uh, okay, so on a brighter note, today we are going to be talking about Legally Blonde, released in 2001. Uh, why did you pick this one for this episode, Netta? Uh, you know what? Legally Blonde is one of, if not my all-time favorite movies. Uh, it's just, there's something about it that just kind of has like this like early 2000s charm. And I really love the message. And Reese Witherspoon as Elle Woods is absolutely phenomenal and amazing. And... I think just compared to a lot of rom-coms that were released around the same time, it's definitely one that's aged like a fine wine for sure. Oh yeah. I totally agree. I think it's very much um, like women empowerment, like girl power kind of movie nowadays, which I think like what you said, it's aged well in terms of like, yeah, let's get more female (laughs) power in positions of power in general. You know what I mean? Heck yeah. Especially in like a field, like in, uh, like leave like a legal field mm-hmm. and it cracked me up that like now you see a lot of like women who are like oh I got inspired to go to Harvard because yes. you know I watched blonde when I was in high school like oh like if she can do it then I can do it too yeah totally so I'm like, oh my god yes. <laughs> yeah I can't even tell you how many lawyers I know uh that are like oh yeah I, I went I was inspired to become a lawyer when I watched this film <laughs> so that's pretty cool Yes, um, continuing the legacy. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, oh my God, have you seen that meme lately about the mask, the wearing masks? What? Like it's hard? <laughs> like yeah. it's hard? That's like one of my favorite memes right now with the mask. <laughs> I saw Reese Witherspoon finally put it on her feed. And I was like, yes. <laughs> a PSA to all the listeners of Andrea's podcast. Wear a mask. Please, please. Things are closing again. Please. (sighs) Okay, so we're going to be going through our plot breakdown. So uh, I'll just start off. So we are put into, I believe, it's like a fictional campus. It's like CCS. It's supposed to be like an 
LA college, but they gave it a fake name because no, none of the schools wanted to um, give their name <laughs> for filming, which I understand. I think they like, it's supposed to be like some fictionalized version of USC. Cause I'm yeah. pretty sure it's at like university of like Southern California, but without even like using any of like USC's branding or colors yes, or anything. Exactly. You, you so gotta figure ways around it. <laughs> you really do. <laughs> you um, really do. <laughs> and so at the beginning of this film, you see this girl like riding her bike down through this campus. And as a kid, I didn't understand, like as she was passing all these different houses, it didn't click in my mind that they were like frats and sororities. I just thought that's what college looked like in general. Oh, same. Like when I watched it as a kid, I'm like, oh, wow, college looks so like fancy. And everyone lives in these big houses with so much space. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, wow, college looks so glamorous. And then I went to college and I was like, ah, shit. (laughs) Ah, shit. (laughs) It's not that. Nope, no, (laughs) ma'am. Um. And so this girl like walk, uh, rides her bike all the way through to get to the Delta new house. And she has this like card that is getting passed around the house and everyone's signing it and it says L on it. So, you know, we're, we're assuming it's for a girl named L. Um, another thing that I like realized as I was watching it again is like, um, it's the epitome of femininity inside of that house. Like everything's pink and soft and like there's all the different girls like there's some girls working out there's some girls doing their makeup it's just like to me that was what femininity looked like you know what I mean that is like peak early 2000s (laughs) feminine aesthetic everything fuzzy and just literally everything fuzzy I don't know what was the obsession with fuzz in the early 2000s (laughs) everything was furry and fuzzy (laughs) yeah true um and so this card eventually makes it up to Elle and her two like best friends, Margo and Serena are the ones that hand it over to her. And they have to go after, like immediately after this, they have to go look for Elle's like engagement dress in which they go into like a fancy shop. And do you remember that scene where like that sales lady is a total asshole? Yes, 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 <laughs> yes. So she, she's like, oh, like I'm going to try to sell her like a last season like dress for like a, current season price and like l ends up like outsmarting her or whatever and then she's yes. like if you, you can pull this off like you have the wrong girl yeah or exactly like ooh, which i like i think that was like something cool they did in the movie is like um it kind of sets the tone for the rest of the movie just to kind of show like she's gonna get and underestimated for the remainder of the film yeah um but for the most part she doesn't really change her personality like she stays the same but she's she's knowledgeable in a different way Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like she she doesn't have to necessarily be quote-unquote academic to be considered a knowledgeable smart person exactly yeah Yeah, I love that little scene to introduce her that way um yeah and then after this she uh she gets picked up by Warner uh her boyfriend at the Delta New House and I just love her like walking down the stairs and like all her sisters are there. I'm like in what world <laughs> would everyone be waiting to send her off? But I mean, adorable nonetheless. It's so, I don't know. Like, it's, it's like, would it happen? No. It's, <laughs> does it make for great filmmaking? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. And then they go, Warner takes Elle to this like really fancy restaurant and 
is, you know, saying all these beautiful things to her being like, oh, honey, you look beautiful, blah, 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 blah. And like the language he uses does make it seem like he's going to propose. Like it's very, he's like, I'm thinking about our future and all this stuff. And like, he breaks up with her (laughs) instead of proposing. What always like pissed me off. It's like, why? Oh, like if you're going to break up with her, I guess. Yeah, whatever. That's life. But it's like, why would you like, take her to this nice ass restaurant and you know who does that <laughs> psychopaths dude. Yeah, that, for real that? oh good lord Men. yeah and he claims that she's not serious enough and that between being a jackie and a maryland she's the maryland which is like not what he's looking for it's since like, he's, oh, like, honey i need a i need a jackie not a maryland and then that's she's like <laughs> you're making love with me because i'm too <laughs> and then he starts like crying in the restaurant and, and then he's like he's like shh I calm yeah, down. trying to shut her up <laughs> and it's like no no she kept shutting you just broke her heart in a I know. my favorite thing that when he's like trying to shush her and like the other tables are looking he's like oh she, she had a bad salad and like as they're leaving I could hear a lady in the back being like well, I'm definitely not getting the salad. And it was so <laughs> random, but it made me laugh so hard. I love those like random audio bites too. <laughs> <laughs> I love that little tidbit in there. Um, uh, she, he, so Warner drops her off at, back at the Delta New House and he doesn't even say goodbye. Like as soon as she gets out of the car, he like drives off, which I'm like classy, very classy. Um, <laughs> and then... Now Elle is like going through it. Like she's in a full depressive mode. She's like eating all the foods. And apparently she hasn't left her room in like a week. But um, Margot and Serena go into her room and they're like, girl, we, we, we got to get you out of here. Like, what do we do when we always get sad? And they take her to go get a mani-pedi. Um, yeah. Which is like, I think you probably remember this part better than I do. But like she looks at Elle when she's at the mani-pedi place. She looks at this magazine with a picture of Warner's older brother and his fiance, right? Yeah, she um, she's like she's like in like the waiting couch with like an older lady, and then she's like, "See, it's Warner's brother," and the lady's like, "Who?" <laughs> and then, like, and then she like reads the article, and the article says how like um, he got married to like this like socialite, but she's like really boring. So she's like, "Oh, like this is what I have to become," and then. Uh, the the lady says something on the line of like oh like no no chest or something like that or something yeah, she, yeah she's basically like saying that yeah it does l want to be like ugly and prudish is what yeah, she's, she's like. like a prude and she's like no <laughs> i have to that, that, so then that's what she makes the the decision i have to go to harvard yes this is the turning point. She's like, no, no, no. This is what Warner wants. I, I will be that for him. Like, she's so desperate for his love that she's like, I, I'll change myself to whatever he wants in order to keep him, which I'm like, oh, Elle, you can do better, but I, I get it. it. When you love someone that much, I can understand being like, well, shit, <laughs> I'll do it. If oh, I have girl. To. <laughs> no, girl, trust. <laughs> I was like... I recently, like when I when I was going through when I was going through my breakup, and mm-hmm. I was watching this movie, and I'm like, "Oh, girl, oh, I can relate. I can relate." Oh my <laughs> gosh, this is way too hard, but I understand where she was coming from. 
Oh my gosh. Okay. So after this, she goes to like one of my favorite scenes. She goes to her house where her parents live. I'm assuming to like ask them to pay for law school. <laughs> um, and her parents are my favorite characters. They're like, <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> Underrated characters of cinema. Cause they're pretty oh much telling gosh. her like, honey, like Harvard's for ugly people. <laughs> like, <laughs> Harvard's for ugly, serious people. (laughs) Yeah, they're like, you're not, you're not ugly, and you're not serious either. And she's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's like, I need to get Warner back though, so pay up. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think it's ever like explicitly said, but I'm pretty sure it's heavily implied that they were the ones that paid for it. They're like, fine, whatever. Yeah, oh yeah, like out of nowhere, it's like, oh, actually, now I want to go to law school. Oh my but, God. Uh, okay fine just put it on the credit card <laughs> we have the I money wish. that's like my dream like law school that's fine that's um, fine that's no big deal after this she goes to her counselor to like figure out exactly what it is she has to do to get into harvard um <laughs> and this is where we find out that l is a fashion merchandising major um but she has a 4.0, so she has incredible grades. Um, and the the counselor seems very reluctant. Is it reluctant? Is that the right word? She's just yeah. like, yeah, she's very reluctant to like, I don't know, I guess get her hopes up of like, you can do it kind of thing. Yeah, um, very like, mm, like, oh, honey, like, I don't, I don't really know. I don't, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know, girl. Yeah, and she's like, uh, okay, what are your backups? And Elle is so confident in herself. <laughs> she's like, I don't need backups. I'm going to go to Harvard. <laughs> I, that is the confidence that I need in my life. I, same. <laughs> I, need, I need her confidence, which is like another one of many reasons why I love this film so much because she's just so confident and sure of herself of like almost all the decisions that she makes in the film. Like, like throughout the whole film, she's very like, like okay, like, I mean, I think I know I'm jumping ahead, but it's like even when like things don't go her way with uh-huh. getting Warner back, she's like, you know what? Like I'm already here, so I'm gonna just stick it out. Yeah, true. End. Yeah, she's very headstrong, very sure of herself, which I think is admirable. Um after this, what happens? Oh, okay. So now we're back in Elle's room and she is like surrounded by LSAT like study books. And Serena and Margot come in. And they are like so taken aback that Elle is gonna go to law school. They think she's like gonna die or something. Like they're acting like she's dying for some reason. Yeah. Oh, and then and then she's like, "Girls, like I'm going to Harvard." And then they're like, "What? You know, vacay? Not Like on vacay. They're. I love them because they're so ditzy, but they're so lovable. Like I feel like you can't hate a character that's dumb as long as they have good intentions, you know. So I I just love them. Um, I'm like that. That is a support. Like they may not understand why, but they're like, you know what? You're a friend, and we're gonna support a hundred percent. True. True. I'm. I'm all for. I'm all for that. That is what I'm talking about. Female supportmanship. I totally agree. And this is where we really see it is when they do her um, her admissions um, essay or her admission video essay, I guess. Oh. Because <laughs> um, this is where like the montage comes in. Um, the fact that she's extra enough to want to do a video instead of an essay, um, I fully support. 
Can that, can that always be an option? For real. I feel like you can come across, well, I mean, yeah, I feel like your personality would shine through way, way easy, easier than a, an essay. For I sure. Like I would have made I would have made my college application process a lot better than it actually was. I, love <laughs> I always told I always I always would tell people or like at least like um like kids who are like are applying to colleges, mm-hmm. like the application process is ten times harder than the actual college experience. <laughs> oh my gosh. Feels like it's, life or death situations when it comes to applying. It honestly does. I remember the I think that's where I started to develop all my like unhealthy stress habits it was just through the application process of going to college. It was just so hard. And then when I actually got to college, I'm like, well, this isn't that bad. <laughs> it, it was harder. It was harder getting here. Than it was actually being here. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and like you were saying, in this scene, we can really see how supportive her sorority sisters are because they are like not only helping her study, they are helping her time her practice exams, grading her practice exams, and just like making sure she doesn't get distracted, which I think is pretty amazing. And like, so they didn't play into the like catty stereotype, you know? They didn't. They couldn't, it could have easily been like, ugh, like, oh my gosh, Elle, like, we don't know you anymore. Like, ugh, like, who does that? Like, you're too pretty. Like, just give up. Like, no, they were like, you know what? If you want to go for it, go for it. Yeah, and, I know, totally we'll agree. You, we'll make the cute little study folders, you know, we'll make like cute little study dates for it. I'm like, that's the kind of support we need. And that kind of portrayal of female friendship needs to be, there needs to be more of it in film for sure. I, I I love what you said. It's like, it's not like they took this as an opportunity to like make those friends no longer her friends. So she had to like find a new, cr- like a new crowd when she eventually gets to Harvard. Like she keeps those friends throughout the film, which I think is really important. Um, like, yes. Da, 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 da. Okay. She takes the LSAT exam and when the scores come in, she has passed thank to, thanks to her support system. And yes. she got... A 179, which I Googled because I was like, is that good? I mean, I'm assuming it is because they're like so happy. But um, I Googled it and it's like above, like way beyond average, like a like a stellar score, which I think is pretty cool. Like, dang. She didn't get the minimum. She got like amazing scores. (laughs) See, she is smart. She can stand on her own two feet. Exactly. This is great that she realizes that towards the end of the film, but either way. (laughs) Um, And then we cut to the admissions office with a bunch of old dudes. Classic. Um, She gets admitted based off uh, looking for diversity. Which, you know what, to this day cracks me up. They're like, we need (laughs) diversity. I'm like, ah, ah, okay. I mean, you... I think it's like the one little facet that maybe hasn't aged so well about the film. But Yeah, I think they were saying that the diversity came in in terms of like her major, you know. They're like, oh, like, you know, we could use in a, a wide array of students who study a wide array of different things and backgrounds. Yeah. So I guess. <laughs> but they're I'm, so adamant that, too. They're like, well, welcome to Harvard, I guess. <laughs> I love that whole, whole little video she does. I, it's just, oh, it's great. It's, <laughs> Absolutely iconic. Love it so I, much. I am comfortable using legal jargon in everyday life. <gasps> I object. <laughs> yeah, when the 
that guy cat calls. She's like, I object. I love that. Um, so after she gets admitted, it cuts to her arriving at Harvard. Um, I read that it was filmed at a variety of schools, actually. It was filmed at USC, UCLA, and Caltech. Um, oh, wow. Which is interesting. I mean, not that I was paying that much attention to like the background of what was going on, but it all seemed pretty cohesive to me. Like I was never like, that looks like a completely different place, you know? So I think they did a good movie, job. <laughs> movie magic. And you know what? It's funny because uh, we, we talk about it a lot and we used to talk about it a lot in like my film classes that oftentimes we end up going with settings or areas that aren't exactly what is being portrayed in the film. Mm-hmm. And that's just a matter of just, that's all like aesthetics. And um, cause I don't know if you've seen pictures of Harvard, but Harvard is very like gray, yeah. very drab, very, very, very old school. So yeah. I mean, if you're making a film this colorful, it would make sense to, you know, pick a campus that, you know, a little bit, more colorful that fits the color scheme that fits the aesthetics that they're going for you know yeah. add a touch of production design in and there you go right awesome <laughs> that's so freaking cool to me but i i mean until i read that i would have i would have had no idea which i think is really cool oh this is also one of the scenes that is used in ariana grande's thank you next video when like Elle's arriving at school i think that's a fun fact right there because in a previous episode, the first episode, actually, 13 Going on 30 was also used in her music video. Yeah, she um, a lot of rom-coms in that whole video. Yeah. I think she picked some of the most iconic ones. I think Mean Girls is also one of the... One yes. Of I'm actually... I, I mean, I hope to be covering that movie soon, but I feel like I'm going to have to stretch that in terms of... Because yeah, it, it technically is a rom-com, but I feel like it's more like a teen com you know, but we'll stretch it. It's my goddamn podcast. There you go, girl. That's exactly <laughs> what you want. Um, okay. And then we get, after this, we get into Harvard orientation, which is, you know, when students have to walk around campus with a bunch of other new students. And we meet a couple of them when they're like sitting on the lawn, um, you know, saying their names, their majors, all that fun stuff. And there's one guy his name is, I didn't write his name. I think it's like, oh, dang, what's his name? Hold on, hold on. I have it, I have it. It's here somewhere. Da, 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 da. His name is David Kidney. <laughs> I just thought That's his name right. David it's, Kidney. Kind of like the, it's kind of like that shy, like nerdy guy. Yes. And, and then she, and then Elle ends up like, I mean, like a couple scenes later, uh, she ends up like slapping him to make him look like this really cool guy in front of like these yes. two chicks. Yes. I thought, like, oh, that's so cute. <laughs> yes. David Kidney's like, hello, I am David Kidney and I have like 10,000 master's degrees and a PhD and now I'm in law school. And I was like, girl, I, <laughs> I mean, I'm all for academia, but like that is, that is a lot. <laughs> that's, that's too much. <laughs> Who's paying for these degrees is my question. So who, who, who's got the financial means to pay for all these damn degrees? <laughs> oh, I don't understand. <laughs> and then the next lady is, I, I have a love-hate relationship with this character. Her name's Enid, I believe. And she is a women's studies PhD student from UC Berkeley, which is very near and dear to my heart for obvious reasons. Um <laughs> 
but you'll, I, we'll talk about my beef with her a little later. But from the beginning, <laughs> she is just like, I'm all for women's studies and I love her for that. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, the next person that goes is the, well, I mean, this next person doesn't really come up that much in the film, so I don't really care about him too much. He's just really young and was like number one, his, the number one grad from Princeton. So good for him. And then there's Elle. And when she introduces herself, do you remember how she introduces herself? She's like, oh, like, hi, I'm Elle. And this is Brucer. And she's like, and we're both like, like Scorpio vegetarian. They're like Virgo vegetarian. (laughs) I think think it's like such a funny little detail that she says like, like, not only is she a vegetarian, but like also her dog or whatever. Yeah. I love that for her. All right. And so after this, we go to the first day of classes and Elle puts on a very lovely green plaid outfit and glasses that she clearly doesn't need. But I mean, it, it, it fits with the outfit. Yes. Um, and this is where she runs into Warner for the first time after arriving at Harvard. And um, <laughs> she like pretends to not see him. And it's this very awkward exchange of like, what are you doing here? I guess Warner thinks that she's there to visit him, um, which is very uh, wishful thinking of on his part. Um, um, yes. <laughs> He's like, oh, like, what are you doing here? Like, did you come to see me or whatever? And then she's like, no, silly. I go here now. Yeah. And he's like, go where? <laughs> to, to Harvard. Yeah, like, like, what a stupid question. I think he was just trying so hard to like not. He's like, this can't be happening. She can't be here. But of course she is. And he's like, how did you get into Harvard Law? And she says the iconic line of, what? Like, it's hard. <laughs> um, and we go into her first law, law class. And she brings her little like heart notebook with the little fluffy pen. I love that. I mean, I've always wanted that little notepad notebook. Oh I thought so that was cute. so cute. But you know what's funny? Is, I, don't, I mean, I'm sure, I don't know if they did this on purpose. I'm pretty sure they did it on purpose. But if you notice in that scene, everybody has like a laptop. Right. And you know, so I love too, and it's like definitely something cool that the costume designers did, is they always dress her in like bright colors or always add an element of bright colors to her mm-hmm. outfit to make her stand out. Like I know obviously in that scene in particular, it's very evident because she's the only one wearing like this like bright green and like pink ensemble and everyone else mm-hmm. is like in grays and bright like, brown and blues. And that kind of carries over. Like even in like her later like professional law outfits, they have mm-hmm. like this like hot pink like outline to it, which I, I thought was like a really cool detail. Yeah, I totally, yeah. I think costuming did fantastic because yeah, again, like what you said, she stands out in every element even if it's like her trying to fit in, which I think is just ironic. Um, and so, you know, she, she comes in with her little notebook and fluffy pen and she's like super ready to learn. However, <laughs> my poor Elle is not prepared for class. She like didn't read the stuff she needed to read before. <laughs> and uh, I believe that her name is Professor Stromwell. I wrote Stromwell. I think that's correct. It might not be, but we're going to go with it. Um, yeah. Professor Stromwell is this like very intimidating lady and she goes up to Elle and asks her a question about the reading. And when Elle doesn't know, she's like, okay, I need to like make an example of her basically. Mm 
and is like, if you're not prepared for class, like you should leave. But before she does so, she asks another student like, hey, like, do you think I should ask her to leave since she's not prepared? And she asks a girl in the back. Her name is Vivian. Vivian is not a women supporting women type of gal for obvious reasons. (laughs) No, no, no. Dude. But she is like, she basically tells the professor it's totally cool to kick Elle out of class, which is a bitch move. But, you know. Elle does get kicked out. Um, <laughs> I felt so bad for her. I would be so embarrassed. Like, what would you do if that happened to you? Uh, I would cry. I just, I've never, I've, you know what? In my, all my four years of college, I've only witnessed one kid get kicked out of class. Yeah. Oh my God. It was, I, it was the most heart pounding thing ever. And it, cause it happened like to my first, my very first two weeks of college. Somebody got kicked out of class cause they were using oh. their, um, phone during like a presentation and oh then the professor like stopped the presentation and he's like like Ted thank you so much uh but you can promptly pack up your stuff and leave my class we'll talk next class oh my god shut and, up no way and I'm like <gasps> that I is like insane I thought I was gonna say oh I've witnessed plenty of people get kicked out but th- you're talking about college I was still thinking high school no, I'm talking like college, college, like oh, oh yikes. My God. Like, like high school, like high school. Yeah, that that nonsense happened like every other day. So like, that dude, was, that I got kicked many- out of class. <laughs> oh, me too. <laughs> I got kicked out. You were there. It was. The, I was there um, when you got kicked out. <laughs> uh, yes, you were. Oh my goodness. It's wait. Okay, remind me. Why was it? Because you were sick. Yes, but um, oh my oh god, my I'm, I'm about to put some people on blast right now. <laughs> yeah, we, we we're not the name names type of podcast. We talk about it, but we don't name names. <laughs> I see. But uh, a student whom I was sitting next to, I had like mentioned to him that I was sick because I was out the day before, and everyone was asking, "Where were you?" And I was like, "Oh, I'm sick." And the student, being the student, decided to make it a over, overly exaggerated big deal and the teacher overheard and she like Ugh. panicked and she's like you need to take your you take your stuff and like sit on like the doorway and I'm like I'm so confused I had to like take all my stuff and like <laughs> I had to like sit on the chair in the doorway so like people would walk by in the hallway look at me like is she okay and I'm like I'm fine my teacher's just overreacting which what in the grand scheme of things in the current pandemic seems like a logical reaction but back in 2014 is definitely not not an acceptable reaction that's what I was gonna say I was like if this were today like I with every like yeah that would make complete sense but this was like what you had like a cold or something like I can't yeah I just had like a little cough or something I'm like you know what my throat feels a little scratchy they're like (laughs) kick her out (laughs) oh my gosh that is so funny okay I was there to witness that. Oh my gosh, that's so crazy. I think I blocked that on my brain just because I was like, I don't want to think about that because it was so stupid. But um, (laughs) (laughs) so I mean, classic. Elle gets kicked out of class just like you were. (laughs) Yep, just like I was. (laughs) 
and she makes her way to the benches and she meets this really really nice guy I think at this point we don't know his name but he's like he looks older and I feel like he's the first person to be like sympathetic uh what he introduces himself right then and there I think like I don't remember yeah like she sits down and you know like she's all upset and then he like tries to comfort her and he gives and he gives her like a little bit of advice and he asks her like oh like what are the teachers do you have and he's like oh like you know make sure you do this for this class and then that's when he's like oh like I'm Emmett and she's like oh I'm Elle and she's like thank you you're being like so nice like no one else has been nice to me or whatever this whole time yeah yeah he's the first character to like be genuinely kind and like not I don't know a lot of people are very like condescending toward her up until this point but yeah you know what's interesting about his character too like his interaction with her isn't like sexually motivated true it's like yeah like he just kind of just like I'm gen I'm just being nice to you because I'm genuinely just a nice person like there's I have no intention of like gaining anything sexually from you, which is traditionally how a character like her would be treated in a movie mm-hmm. like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and that does actually come up later on in the film, which I'm sure we'll get to. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, what you were saying, he gives her like all this advice on all the professors that she has and even shares like his own story of failure when Stromwell made him cry, which I think is amazing to admit to someone who's you know like clearly having a hard time um and then we get this like really this like meet cute moment gets interrupted by warner as he also makes his way out to the steps um to basically just ask Elle again like why are you here <laughs> she's um, like oh, like i'm, yeah. I'm just you know, here to study law like yeah oh and then she asks him out or like tries to ask him yes. out exactly she's like hey let's hang out or something and that's when that bitch who got her kicked out vivian like walks up and we find out that warner is now engaged to her like i i don't even know how much time it's been since he broke up with l but clearly it hasn't been that long oof no uh, and I now he's that engaged part, <laughs> that part always bothered me in the movie i'm like a bitch you didn't even give yourself time or anything like oh uh, yeah like, you just latched onto the first girl <laughs> like oh like this she clearly is gonna make my career soar or whatever whatever right yes <laughs> and no. l being like l l says this line she's like when she sees vivian's ring she like blinks really hard and she's like, I'm sorry, I hallucinated. <laughs> like, yeah, no, she didn't. <laughs> that ring is on her finger. Um, and after this, Elle is like so distraught and like freaking out. And she's like driving in her convertible, speeding and like being crazy. And she drives by like a nail salon place. Mm-hmm. And she like does a completely illegal U-turn, <laughs> like causes madness, but she doesn't care. She parks her car and goes into the salon where she meets Paulette, uh, played by Jennifer Coolidge, who I love. I love her. She's amazing. She has such a distinct voice. I, I've heard so many impersonations of her and like, it, it, it's just so distinct. Um, so yeah, she like finds Paulette and she just like wants her nails done. But Paulette also wants the tea. She wants the cheese may. And yes. 
<laughs> and Elle tells her everything, everything that's going on. And Paulette does the same. She like, she shares her own like love struggles that she like got divorced or I guess separated from a really long relationship. And the guy kept the trailer and the co- and the and the dog. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. That's right. See, <laughs> making a female ally. We what? Need that. It's like make, making a female ally. Because she ends Paulette ends up being like one of her biggest supporters throughout the the, the right. film. Right. Um, like, oh. And yeah, like what you said, they they become allies and they become really fast friends. Um, and this is where we also meet the UPS guy for the first time. Yes. <laughs> I mean, how would you describe this man? Like he's a like he's a he's an attractive guy, and you know he's an attractively older guy, and like I think it's just so cute how like you can tell that he's just just as into her as into uh, Paulette as she yeah. is to him. But Paulette's just like very just like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, she's just chaos. <laughs> Which is fantastic. I love it. Yeah, he's definitely the um the sexy, let's objectify objectify him real quick. <laughs> I mean, he's just hot, basically. Um and Paulette is like, okay, Elle, like, I know you're saying all these things about Warner being engaged and everything, but like, you got to steal him back, girl. Like, I don't care. Like, you got to steal him back. You can do it. And so Elle goes back to school with that goal in mind. <laughs> like, try to steal his ass back or whatever. Steal him back. I don't know why you would want to steal Warner back, but for sure. Um, yeah. And so now we're in Professor Callahan's class. And we just have a little moment of like Elle and Vivian butting heads again um, in class, trying to like one up each other and like try to sound smarter than the other. Um, And I believe this is the scene where Callahan does bring up his internship that he has over the summers. Yeah. That's where he brings up like, Oh, like I only have like five spots. Like I'm going to like, you guys are going to come on on a real like murder trial. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be great, but there's only five spots. So it's like going to get really competitive. Yep. yep. Um, yeah. And then after this, Elle tries to, uh, this is one of the scenes that like pissed me off the most is because Elle goes to the library trying to join a study group um, oh that just so God. happens to have uh, Vivian and Warner. And, and she's like, oh, like, I baked you guys muffins. Yeah. She brought muffins because she's like so sweet. And they, well, they being Vivian mostly is like, nah, you cannot be in our study group. You can't sit with us. Exactly. <laughs> another iconic 2000s film. You can't sit with us. <laughs> um, yeah, they, they say no. And then her other friend is like, this is like a smart people study group. I was like, okay, girl, whatever. Isn't, isn't that that Ber- the Berkeley chick? No, it's not okay. the Berkeley chick. It's like Vivian's side kick i don't know if you remember oh. she looks like oh, Vivian, yeah, yeah. kind of yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 and she's just like this is a smart people group which whatever the hell that means i mean they're all at harvard so i don't know what the anyway um and then this is when my girl enid the women's studies girl is like super condescending to l and is like yeah that's how i was like i know she comes yeah. in and she like says like such a condescending comment and i'm just yeah. like this bitch 
she says something like, maybe you should like go back to like your Barbie house or something. And I was like, oh, Enid, I loved you. And now I hate you. <laughs> I know it's like for someone who's all about like women's studies, you surely know how to put women down. That, yes, this is what I'm saying. It frustrated me so much. I'm like, Enid, you're supposed to be like w- women supporting women. And that's not what you're doing here. <laughs> Uh, you are contradicting everything that you've learned. Uh, I know. <laughs> um, and then after this, Elle goes back to her dorm and calls her friends back in LA because she's feeling sad. And so she calls Margot. And when Margot picks up, she gives Elle the news that she's getting married and that she got proposed to, um, which only makes Elle more sad, <laughs> which made me, you know, feel bad for her. Um Aww. Right, and, and then Elle's like trying to be as like supportive as she can, and she's yeah. like, oh, "Good for you." Yeah, and she's like going through like her her little little mini heartbreak. Yeah, um, yeah, and then right after she hangs up, Elle is like hearing a voice going throughout the dorms of like somebody inviting people to a party. And Elle, being a party girl herself, like runs out of her dorm and is like, oh my God, is somebody actually throwing a party? And it's Vivian, because of course it's Vivian who's having the party. Of course. And Vivian, being the snarky snake that she is, invites Elle to come to the party. But she lies to her and says that it's a costume party. Oh, it's like... (laughs) That following whole scene where, like, I get the secondhand embarrassment, uh, but I love me a good clap back and Elle bringing it home with the golden clap bags. Yeah, she. that's what I, I really appreciated, that they didn't let Elle suffer 100%. Like, okay, yeah, she's going to go through it, but give her some, like, snarky remark, like, snarky comebacks so that it's not that um, harsh, you know? Um, like, oh, so, oh what is, what is she Say what's the what's the line? It's like oh, like nice, nice outfit. It's like oh, I like yours too. Except when I dress up like such a frigid bitch, I try not to look so constipated. <laughs> yeah, she tells her. Yeah, she tells her that she looks constipated, which I'm like, yes. <laughs> get her, get her. Oh my god. Um. Yeah, and then during this party, she doesn't leave immediately. I would have. I would have ran for the hills <laughs> once I'd seen that like nobody else was dressed up. But Elle wants to get Warner back, so that she's still on that gold, gold, goal. Sorry, goal. She's um, gold. <laughs> and so her and Warner like are talking at the party, and it's like flirting city. Like they are like touchy feely. Like I don't know where Vivian is, but her man is like he's tripping right now. Um, and <laughs> and Elle is like talking to him about like what are your plans for the summer? Because like I'm thinking about the internship, and uh, he just like become well, he is a major douche, but like he brings that to like level one thousand when he tells her that like in the most condescending tone that like you know you're you're never gonna make those grades, honey. Like you're not smart enough. <laughs> yes that he like totally puts her down he's like honey like no like it's it's not like you can't do it and i'm like ah l just i think that's at that point that's when she's like nah like i'm gonna do it just to prove to you that i'm gonna do it exactly like that's the honestly when someone puts somebody down and says you can't do it i feel like that's the thing that lights the fire under their ass like you're asking for them to come and like beat your ass (laughs) if you tell somebody that they can't do something 
I'm like, you know what? As a matter of fact, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do it 10 times harder and 10 times better. Not yeah. out of motivation or any positive energy, but out of fucking spite. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then after this, we get our, like the, the study montage where like Elle starts to get her life together. And, you know, she's seen at the bookstore buying a laptop and she still hasn't changed out of her bunny outfit. <laughs> oh that's right she's still in the bunny I think it's so cute I'm like oh wow like that's genuinely like she operates fast which is great I love that <laughs> yeah and like Emmett is behind her also and then she's like don't ask and he's like I wasn't gonna <laughs> yeah. and he's like, I love him he's like trying his best to avoid any contact like I visually he's just like I'm not gonna look at her <laughs> He's like, I'm not, I'm just gonna, just gonna support her. Just, you yeah. know, let her be. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And um, after this, you know, she's seen like studying everywhere at the library while she's exercising, while Paulette is doing her nails, like the whole shebang, um, which is pretty dedicated if you ask me. Like I, I, I think for like mental health purposes, I only studied like in one spot. I don't know about you either my room or like this very specific corner in like our library and that was Mm -hmm. it I mean I bet it's different for I mean since you were like working on producting producing like producing things as well right yeah so it it, like half of like I think it was like maybe like the last two and a half years of my college career consisted of like me actively planning out projects rather than studying for actual tests which right. I thought was really, which is really funny because like, I think my very last semester was just all projects. Like, I was just yeah. working on productions and making sure I got all the paperwork and permits filled out and had all these things ready to go. And if it wasn't yeah. my project, it was somebody else's project that I had to like worry about. Right. Uh, but you know, that's the life of a film major. Oh my God. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. I was like, me personally, I was like, it was all papers and studying. So I was like, I had my one place where I would do that. But I mean, like for you, you're probably like everywhere. <laughs> for the most part. <laughs> oh my God. And then after this, oh, okay. After this, after like Elle starts getting her momentum going, she and Paulette go to visit Paulette's ex at the trailer. And... Um, you know, Paulette's there to get her dog back. And Elle, like, because originally it's just Paulette going up to the guy to get the dog back. But I guess Elle sees her struggling really badly. And she uses, like, all her random knowledge of legal jargon to just, like, intimidate the guy. <laughs> that's right. She does. Oh, because, oh, that's, like, her little, like, little test run to see, like, how she'll do as, like, a... As like a little lawyer, and then it ends with the iconic, I'm taking the dog. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yes. So good. I mean, I I appreciated Elle using all the stuff she knew, even if like it didn't really coordinate with whatever the heck was going on with the dog, but confused and intimidated the guy enough to just give over the dog, which I was like, yes. I think that was just the goal. Like, she just wanted the dog back. Yeah. Um, and then after this, like, Elle just keeps, like, climbing and climbing and climbing in terms of academia. Like, she's back in Callahan's class, and they're talking about that, like, sperm donor case 
were like, I, I don't recall exactly, but I guess there's like a guy who was a sperm donor and he was like kind of being stalkery to like the parents of this child that was born through his um, donation. And yeah. um, anyway, everyone's trying to figure out like how to make sure that I guess he can't stalk the child or something like that. But anyway, <laughs> I guess Warner gives like a really cynical answer like, oh, well, the guy has every right to be stalkery because if it weren't for him and his sperm donation, the child wouldn't exist. And then Professor Callahan's like, okay, yeah, that, that's, that's a good point. But then L is like, well, actually, like he's donated a bunch of times all over the country. So like, since he's not paying equal attention to all the rest of those children, that's technically like abandonment. And so Callahan is like, okay, in that point, I think you've won your case. So L is now over here, like being better than everybody. <laughs> yes, she is. That's She's like, okay, like I'm on top of it. And at this point, all motivation is strictly just self-motivation. I think at this point, like yep, at this yep, point, yep. she's already realized that like, I don't think I want to be with Warner. I, mm -hmm. Right now, I've already just dug myself into this hole and I am <laughs> going to kick ass in every aspect because everyone, literally everyone thinks I can't, which right. I think is absolutely great. Mm -hmm. Totally. And um, after Elle makes this like really impressive point during Callahan's class, after class, he like tells her to like come over and talk to him. And he's like, okay, like you were doing really well in class. Uh, are you considering applying to my internship? Which I was like so excited because I was like, ha, Warner over here is telling her she's not smart enough. And now like the professor is literally asking her to apply. I was like, yes. Yeah. Um, and so she, <laughs> she hands over her resume and um, I don't recall, was it like, it was pink. I know that for sure. It was pink and it was scented. And he's like, oh, what's that smell? And she's like, oh, it's scented. Like, it makes it stand out more. And I'm right. like, yes. Oh. Right. <laughs> stand um, the creative queen. Yeah. And this part, I mean, it's a really tiny part of the scene. But I think this is where I realized that, like, Emmett worked for Callahan. Because after Callahan gets her resume, he just hands it off to Emmett. And he's like, you got to smell this. <laughs> I was like, um, he's like, oh, like, it's scented. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah and then there's another scene that just like shows us that time is passing it's like christmas time and ellen paulette are at the salon together and there's like christmas lights and it's super cute um <laughs> literally in my notes i put time frame here is questionable because right after this scene it cuts to the list of the internship winners is like being posted so i'm assuming this is like right before like school is out right because it's a summer internship yeah okay we'll we'll just go with that <laughs> no it's just for the sake of time that it's that <laughs> um and so we find out that through this list you find out that vivian got the internship warner got the internship enid got the internship the women's studies one and i believe uh the kidney guy did too right yes he did yeah and then there's one spot left and it goes to our girl Elle. Were you surprised? No, I was not surprised at all. I'm like, it's a plot device. Like, it wouldn't have made any sense. Just like, like statistically, plot-wise speaking, it just would not have made any sense. 
Yeah. So if they had just like, oh, just kidding, you didn't get it. Like, no, like from a storytelling standpoint, it made sense. <laughs> but also like, even as like an, a, just a generic like audience member, like, yeah, she did it. Yeah, yeah. We're still happy for her, even though we knew it was going to happen. It's a good plot device though, because it is the halfway point of the film. Our character has gotten what she wanted. She's gotten what she's wanted, but not what she's needed. Bam. See, this is why I like having you here. I, I, yes, yes. <laughs> I like these tidbits of knowledge. I would have no idea. So it's our what point? It's the halfway point. So from, this is, this is just from what I've gathered from my four years of studying screenwriting. Usually, Girl, don't be humble. Um, that is a big deal. <laughs> usually um, how it goes. Yeah, usually how it goes is like around like the halfway point of the film. If the film is written well enough, uh, by the halfway point, the the characters get what they want. So right. Like, so in Go- in Elle's case, like she's al- she already has what she wants. Like she's already on this high pedestal. She's already regarded as like a good student, a good Harvard student. Like a pretty pretty well established that she's getting over Warner. Mm-hmm. So from this point on, it's like where do we take the story from here? And, you know, there's other plot devices that we'll get to in a little bit that kind of put that to the test. Right. Oh, my God. Please interrupt me when you hear them because I want to know this. Okay. (laughs) All right. And so after she gets the place in the internship, she basically goes up to Warner and is like, ha, 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 ha. Oh, oh, and that's that's, when she's like, and she's like, oh, my gosh, do you remember those, like, four amazing hours we spent in the hot tub? Yes. Yes, and he's like, he fronts like he's like, yeah, no, because Vivian is there. <laughs> he's like, ah, oh no, help, no. And she's like, this is so, this is so much better than that. <laughs> Dude, wow, what, what, what a way to stick it to him. Um, and yeah, see, there so, you go. That's, that's the halfway point because it's like she's clearly like, oh my, <laughs> like I'm over it. I'm over yeah. you. I'm, I'm at a good point in my, my educational career right now so what like what what do you have to offer me now yeah true true um and so after this it like cuts straight into the internship beginning and we're gonna we're coming back to what you said about costuming because Elle arrives for her internship in you know a more demure like black outfit but like honestly if you look at her outfit compared to everyone else's it's the most chic it's like the most fashion forward but yeah, that's where she has the the pink the pink trimming, and she's wearing like a like a pink shirt underneath, yes, and it's you can gorgeous. see like, like that hot pink like outline. Mm-hmm. Um, and we find out that they're working on the Brooke Wyndham case, which is mm-hmm. um, they're defending Brooke because she apparently has shot her husband to death, or she's being accused of shooting her husband to death. Um, and the first thought that they have is like, okay, what? if she did kill him, what could be the motive? And they were like, okay, well, I mean, he was a millionaire. So maybe she was after his money, but Callahan is like, well, that would usually be the way we would go with this case. She's so young and he's so old, but, um, she ran a a fitness empire. So she had money on her own. So that like reasoning is out the window. Um, and I guess, Elle recognizes the name Brooke and like the fitness empire part of her identity. So she's like, are you talking about Brooke Taylor? Cause I guess Taylor was her maiden name before she got married. 
And it turns out that Brooke is a Delta Nu sister, because of course. That's right. <laughs> um, and Elle had been taking her like workout classes um, in person. So she has like met her, you know, so she has all these connections to Brooke. Um, and Callahan is very adamant about, like Callahan thinks that Brooke is guilty. And there's no way around that. But him being as cynical as he is, he's like, okay, even if she's guilty, I'm the best defense, like criminal defense lawyer. So I'll get her out of jail. No problem. Um, yeah. But I think that's really important, right? That like, he just doesn't believe Brooke, even though she's like saying, I didn't do this. He doesn't believe her, which sucks. Yeah. I wouldn't want a lawyer defending me that didn't believe me. Yeah, yeah, that's like it always. So it's always it becomes like a, a element of just like animosity between the two, mm-hmm. just Callahan and Brooke. And Brooke ends up confiding in Elle more than she does in her actual like. Lawyer. Exactly, exactly. Um, after you know they start talking about you know how she how Brooke was found. It turns out that I guess um. Mr. Wyndham's daughter had like gone down the stairs and found Brooke standing over the body. And so she was like, oh, uh, uh, the daughter and the pool boy found her, you know, over the body. So they were like, she shot him. Um, and like right before the ending of this scene, Emmett walks in being like an associate of Callahan. And he's like officially introduced to everybody. It's like, okay, this is Emmett. He's like a genius, top three of his class. And he's an associate of mine. So... We know that Emmett is, like, killing it in the legal world. Yes. Um, oh, my God. Wait. Okay. I wrote here to ask you what the line is because I don't know it. But what does she say about endorphins? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes. That's because um, that's when they're going over the case. And that's when um, clearly everybody in the room but Elle thinks that she did it. And then she's like, I don't see how Brooke could have done this. And exercise gives you endorphins. Endorphins make you happy. And happy people just don't kill their husbands. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love I that line. It. It's so good. And I mean, from a scientific standpoint, that would make sense, right? It's true. It's true. And everyone's, everyone's in the room looking at her like, is this bitch serious? Like, is yeah. that a line of reasoning right now? <laughs> um, and after this, after that little moment of like introducing the case, we get to this other scene where they're visiting Brooke in jail. I don't know. She's in yeah, the like ugly orange jumpsuit. Because um, they're gonna, they're going to go get her alibi, right? And that's why they and they send L because L like oh like L knows her and I'm assuming like if she goes like and she realizes this is someone. She oh wait, can this trust. is before. This is before that scene. Oh, before that. Oh, just kidding. yeah, like literally a couple scenes before. So this is when like they all go together to oh, go. That's visit right. Brooke. That's right. That's right. That's mm-hmm. right. And that's when she's like being super like, I didn't do this to Callahan. And Callahan's like, girl, whatever. Um, (laughs) I mean, he doesn't say that, but that's the short. um, I don't remember. um, Yeah. And so she's just like getting really frustrated with her legal team. And as they're all leaving, that's when Elle like talks to to Brooke and is like, hey, like I'm Elle. Um, and you know, they like bond over the fact that like Elle took her workout classes and like all this stuff. And my favorite line that I did write down was one of Brooks right before she gets like (laughs) hauled away by the security guards. She says, um, thank God one of you has a brain to Elle. 
which I think is just so ironic because everybody else thinks that like Elle's the stupid one, right? And I think it's, oh my God, that's like clever writing. I'm like, yes! I love that. Like so clever, I love it. Um, And then after the scene, we go back, uh, we go back to the salon. Is that right? Yeah, we go back to the salon. Um, And the UPS guy comes again and Paulette is like, frozen like she just doesn't know how to interact with this dude because she she does the bend and snap yes she has to learn how to flirt because she just I mean I've been there I have but like I was frustrated (laughs) watching Paulette because this guy's clearly trying to like get something from her and like you know and just it's just frozen there like drool rolling down her mouth I'm like girl say something um (laughs) after she like freezes Elle's like no 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 we we gotta teach you how to how to use your what God gave you basically and they do the bend and snap which I love a good like what's called a spontaneous dance number my fave but it's not really like a dance number it's more of just kind of I mean it's choreographed yeah it's like a semi-choreographed um I mean I don't know. I'm going to call it a dance number for, for this, for the podcast purpose. I don't know. And then like um, that random, like that random, we assume he's gay. Um, like hairdresser walks in. He's like, Oh my God, the bend and snap works every time. Yeah. I don't know why they had to put that in there. Just, I, I don't know uh, why, what, what added to the story, but I guess. They just put that guy in there. Listen, I bet that guy <laughs> relishes that. He's probably like, that's me. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> um, oh my God. Where were we? Oh yeah, the bend and snap. And so, you know, Paulette learns the bend and snap and she's like, okay, we get this like little fun moment. And then we go back to the boring internship <laughs> after this like lovely scene. Um, and again, they're trying to figure out, okay, if Brooke didn't kill Wyndham, the Wyndham dude, who did and what are the motives? And so Elle, when she speaks up, she's like, okay, I think it's either the daughter or the ex-wife. Like those are the two people that I would think did this. But then Callahan is like, okay, the, the wife had an alibi. So like the ex-wife had an alibi where she was, so she couldn't have killed him. And the daughter has yeah. a trust fund. So money really isn't a motive here. So she's like out of the running. Um, and then... In this scene, we have the first time that Callahan like asks Vivian to go get him coffee or something, like you know, in a very condescending tone. Um, I just yeah, I think you can tell, like Vivian's like like not having it and like yeah. not about it. She's not happy about it. Yeah, not at all. And again, um, at nearing the end of that scene, they are like, we need an alibi to be able to defend this woman, or else she's gonna just freaking go to jail. And this is the scene you're talking about. Right after this is when yeah. Elle goes to visit Brooke by herself. Um, and she brings her, a, like, a gift basket. <laughs> like all these little things to, like, keep her, keep her spirits up. It's so cute. She's just, like, so thoughtful, which I think is sweet. Um, but Elle, like, obviously going there to give her these gifts and with good intention, she's like, okay, Brooke, like, I'm going to be honest here. Like, I'm here to get your alibi because we cannot defend you if we don't have an alibi. And so Brooke, you know, succumbing to the pressure. And also I feel like she felt safe to tell Elle. Um, she, what would you say? She confesses to getting liposuction. 
But that's what she's like. I'd rather go to jail than like ruin my reputation. Yes. She's so adamant about that. She's like, I'd rather rot than let people know that my body isn't, you know, all thanks to these workouts, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, and then after this, we go back to Callahan's office. And again, Callahan is like being a total douche to Vivian and like asking her to run errands rather than to help with the internship that she was hired for, which like makes no sense to me. Like, why would you Uh, bring on someone if you're not actually going to like utilize their strengths? (laughs) Stupid. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. And then Callahan, which I didn't remember until this rewatch Callahan, when he walks into the office has like all these files and then he's like, well, like since I'm Brooks defend defense, defense, her lawyer, I don't know why I'm trying to be fancy. Callahan's like, mm-hmm. I'm her lawyer. I get like tipped off if someone goes to visit her. So he knows that Al went without his permission, basically. And yeah. just as he's ready to like get pissed off, she's like, oh, but like I got the alibi. Oh, and he's like, oh, you got the alibi. Okay, perfect. Tell me. <laughs> and Al doesn't want to tell him. <laughs> I can't tell you. It's secret. Yeah. <laughs> But she she assures everyone and the team that she's innocent. And that's the important part. The important thing is she's innocent. She did not kill her husband. Dude. And, you know, Callahan gets, like, annoyed with Elle. So he leaves to do whatever the heck he's going to do. And he's like, okay, y'all try to reason with her. Because, like, we need that alibi. And once he leaves, like, everyone around her is like, Elle, like, don't be stupid. Like, just tell him. It'll help us, you know, keep her out of jail. Um, but Elle being like truly loyal and, you know, I don't know, loyal and honest, I guess. She just like doesn't want to break her promise. And Warner comes out here being like, if you tell him, he'll probably hire you as like a summer associate or something. And he tells her to like, I mean, in other words, like, screw Brooke, like, worry about yourself. Yeah. And what I thought was interesting was that, I don't know if you remember this, it it cuts to Vivian for, like, the tiniest second, but, like, she hears Warner say that, and you could just see this, like, look of disgust on her face. Yeah, like, like he's an asshole. Yeah, like, she's fine. I mean, I don't know how she didn't figure out that he was stupid and an asshole since the beginning, but, like, <laughs> I feel like this is when she like starts to wake up herself and be like, oh yeah, he's not a good person. <laughs> like he's like every, anything he does, like it's just self-motivation. Mm-hmm. And I, mean, like, I think you could also interpret that scene that um, like, oh, that's when she realizes that like he's not with her because he loves her. He's only with her to make himself look better. Exactly. That's, how, that's how I would interpret Yes, that's a really good point. I don't think I ever thought of it like that. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought about it right now. I was like, yeah, like, that's what she probably could have realized. Like, oh, shit, like, this guy doesn't love me. He's in love with himself and his career goals rather than anybody else. So I, yeah. Uh, oh, that's so true. It's just like, he's all about himself. And that was very clear in this moment. Um, <laughs> and, okay, they're still like, we still need to find this uh, ex-wife because she was supposed to come into the office for, like, an interview, but she didn't show up because she could give two bucks. Um and so they go Emmett and L. No, let me take that back. 
Elle is like, I'll go. Like, I'll go visit her if you need me to. And Emmett goes with her, which I was like, oh, this is an opportunity for some flirting to go down. That's what I was thinking. I could care less about the, <laughs> the case. <laughs> the case is like, ooh, romantic development. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. And so they like drive down together to go to this like random spa out in the middle of nowhere. And, um, you know, they have like all this cute banter in the car about, you know, Elle not wanting to give up the alibi and, you know, her believing in Brooke so much. And I, I didn't write down the line, but she says something to Emmett along the lines of like, you know, sometimes regardless of everything, you just got to believe in people. Um, yeah. Yeah. And he laughs at it, but I, I feel like he definitely um, took that into consideration. Um, so yeah, they like get to where the ex-wife is and she says everything that she knows that was going on. And she says that her daughter told her that Brooke and the pool boy were having an affair, which immediately, you know, makes Brooke have a motive to kill her husband. Um, but as they're leaving, you know, Ella's still so adamant to tell Emmett, you know, I know what she said, but I think she's like making it up or she's lying. Um, and then next is one of my favorite scenes that you had mentioned before the, the scene where, Elle is coming back from, you know, going to this um, spa with Emmett and she sees that David Kidney is like outside of the dorm rooms asking a girl out or like not asking her out, but like telling her like, hey, I called you and like you never called me back. So I was just like wondering what's going on. And this girl and her friend are like straight up bullying him. Yeah, but she's like, oh my gosh, like, I didn't want to call you back. Like, you're so dweeby, you're so nerdy. And he's just yeah. like, oh. Yeah, and then Elle was not having any of that. Um, so she, like, goes up to them, and she just straight up smacks him across the face. She's like, I, like, I don't know what she says, but she just makes him sound like a god in bed. She's like, I can't believe you've, like, given me the greatest pleasure and you've taken it away and he is so shook that's my favorite part he's looking at her like I'm sorry <laughs> and um after this she like walks away all happy and the other girl is a- apparently very impressed with that and wants to go out with him so good good for David Kidney <laughs> good for him <laughs> <laughs> and after this you know Elle goes back to her room and she's like super relaxed in her like sweatsuit, <laughs> very early 2000s. Um, and, you know, she's like reading some sort of legal document and Vivian comes in to like get it from her. She's like, hey, are you done reading whatever the hell you're reading? And she's like, yeah, here you go. I feel like this scene is where um, we see Vivian and Elle have that kind of like bonding moment in which as long as Warner's not part of the the equation, in their, you know, relationship, they have, like, a lot of potential to be really good friends. I think Elle, what, 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 makes, what makes Elle such an endearing character is, like, she never once, with the exception of maybe that, the costume party scene, like, even now she has, like, zero animosity towards Vivian. Because mm-hmm. I think now it's just kind of like, okay, like, you know, we're working together, we're working together. And, you know, I'll be nice to you, I'll be nice to you. Like, there's no, there's no competition anymore. There's no competition anymore because she's no longer vying for Warner's affection. 
very well said. Totally agree with that. And um, yeah, so Vivian, when she comes into her room, she's like, she basically expresses how impressed she was that she didn't spill the tea. Like, even though like Callahan and these like very intimidating people were telling her to tell them the alibi, this girl wouldn't budge. And like, I can understand how that's impressive. Like, I don't know if I would have been able to do that because... I mean, if someone in such a high position of power is telling you to do something, like, I don't know what I would have done in her place. Um, But yeah, so she's very impressed about that. And, you know, Vivian starts ranting about how Callahan's sexist and is like always asking her to like do random errands instead of letting her work on the case. Um, And she's like, he never asked Warner or something. And Elle's like, well, Warner's kind of incompetent. (laughs) So like... (laughs) <laughs> the, oh that's right that's that I think that's like their one like bonding thing it's like they start to like really like p- pick apart like just how like awful or like not great Warner is yeah. and that's when it's realized that Warner didn't get into Harvard he was put on the wait list and the only reason he got in was because daddy had to call in a favor so <laughs> in theory, therefore henceforth Per my uh, last email, L is smarter than Warner because L got into Harvard all on her own while Warner had to get help from everyone yes. around it. Ugh. This scene gave me so much, like, I don't know, like gratification? Is that a word? Yeah. That's true. Because um, <laughs> he had it literally just like, it just proved all like his entire behavior towards L, like, you know, being so condescending towards her and, you know, just telling her like, oh, you're not going to make it. You're not going to do anything. It's like, bro, like she's way more qualified to do anything. Exactly. You are by tenfold. Exactly. I feel like he was just like weirdly projecting. Like, I feel like my boy is so insecure and he knows he's like trash. So he's trying to yeah. like psychologically mess everybody else up <laughs> so that he has like a leg up. Um, okay. And then after this is when I believe is when the trial begins like officially and, uh, Chutney, the, the, the daughter goes up on a stand and she's playing by Linda Cardellini, which is AKA Velma from like the early two thousands, um, Scooby-Doo movies. Yes. I think she's stunning. I like (laughs) as a kid, when I saw her, I was like, Oh my God, it's Velma. It's Velma. <laughs> yeah. Which I think was an interesting casting choice. I well, I don't know. Cause I was watching this obviously as a kid, not like I guess the demographic that this movie was for. But um, I mean we'll get back to this later, but like I never um I would assume I had assumed she was a good character simply because of um the fact that she'd played Velma. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I trusted her, you know. Um So she um, goes on the stand and is like, yeah, I was showering. And after I showered, I went down the stairs and saw Brooke standing over my dad's body. So, you know, that's why I think she killed him. And then the pool boy um, also goes up on the stand. But at this point, he's not wearing like the iconic Virgin Mary shirt. (laughs) If you know what I'm talking about, like he's still wearing like, I don't know, something that I would assume is more um, appropriate (laughs) for court. Um, and they bring up this like, like sequin blue thong looking thing. And the lady's like, the other lawyer, I guess, is like, what's this? And he's like, that's my uniform. <laughs> and I, oh, that's right. 
I mean, that made Brooke look really bad. <laughs> the whole, my uniform. And yeah, it's like, my oh, uniform no. when I clean the pool. Um, and then he gets asked if, you know, they were having sex. And he says, yes. And Brooke is shook. And she's like, what the heck? So I feel like it's very obvious to the audience that, like, the guy's lying. Yeah. Um, but I guess very, it's, very much. it's like we have to figure out a way to, like, prove that he's lying. Um. Mm-hmm. But, okay, considering we've already watched this movie a thousand times, do you remember if you thought that she was guilty, like, before knowing the end? If the if the daughter was guilty? No. Brooke. Like, if she was, oh, if Brooke was guilty. Oh, no, no, I, I think I knew, very, it was, like, very, very clear that she didn't do it. It was very, very clear f- for me. I mean, even as a kid, it's like obviously like the good guys are helping her. Right. So it's obvious that she's not a bad guy because right. the good guys are helping her. I mean, that's I just little kid I feel logic. Like my brain has been really messed up with like movies with those like really good plot twists where I'm like, mm, mm-hmm. maybe she's bad. <laughs> maybe she's <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think like even from like a storytelling standpoint, just like there's like little nuggets that just tell you like, oh, like, you know, it doesn't add up. You mm-hmm. know, she had no motivation to do it. Yeah. And the way she interacts with Elle and the rest of the characters, it's like, oh, like, it's clear that she she's not yeah. guilty. Yeah. yeah I, I just wanted to know. Sorry. Curiosity. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. After this little scene, we go back to the salon and the UPS guy shows up to the salon again. But at this point, Paulette is by herself. Elle is no longer in there. But my girl is trained in the bend and snap and... You know, the UPS guy gives her the like little thing to sign. She's like, oh, this is my opportunity, bitch. Like, so she grabs the pen and drops it on the ground and she gets ready to like do her bend and snap. Girl, so he tries to help him being a gentleman, tries to get the pen as well at the same time. So when she snaps, she she snaps something else. She (laughs) snaps his nose. She breaks his nose on the way up. Um... Which is so freaking hilarious to me. Like, that would happen to Paulette, poor thing. Um, And so we cut to this other scene where Paulette is calling Elle at the courthouse, you know, explaining everything that went down and how she's, like, super worried that she's not going to end up with the UPS guy because she broke his nose. Which is, I mean, yeah, I don't know if I would date someone who broke my nose. (laughs) Um, Anyway. It's endearing. (laughs) I mean, it makes for a funny story. That's it does. true. It's like, it's like, oh, like kids. Like, let me tell you about the time, like, me and your mom met. Yeah. And, like, um, you know, I broke her nose. Or, like, she broke my <laughs> nose. <laughs> yeah, totally. That's funny. Um, okay. So, okay. So, yeah, she's ta- ta- bleh, telling Paul. Tell- I'm so sorry. I can't talk. She's telling Elle about this horrible situation. And Elle is in line for the water fountain inside the courthouse. And, you know, right as she hangs up the phone for Paulette, she, it's like her turn to get to the water fountain. But the, um, the pool guy, the pool cleaning guy, like cuts her in line. And uh, he's wearing that like very glittery Virgin Mary shirt. You know what I'm talking yes, about? Yes, iconic. <laughs> iconic. And it was just like, were you, were y'all, well, they're filmmakers, like, were you really trying to fool us into thinking that this man was straight as an arrow? <laughs> like, I who, mean, who, 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 who were you trying to fool? Like, who, 
That's so true. (laughs) And like, why would that be like okay to wear to court? Like, in what mindset? Like, wouldn't wouldn't you get? Wouldn't that get you kicked out of the courthouse for like unprofessionalism or something? You know what? I actually don't know how that works in Mm. courts. Like, if you show up in like a thong, I'm sure they'd like kick (laughs) you out. But yes. Um, so anyway, yeah, he cuts her in line and she's obviously like super annoyed about that. So she starts like tapping her foot and being like, bitch, get out of my way. Yeah. And he turns around and he's like, don't you dare like tap those little last season Prada shoes at me, girl. Don't you, don't you tap those last season Prada shoes at me, baby. And then (laughs) he does like the little, the little, the finger and like the head nod. And then she's like, they're not last season. Oh my god! And then she like runs back to the conference. <laughs> yes, she runs back to the courtroom because, like what you said, she she realizes something very important about what he just said. You know, yeah. And so she, I believe, she asks Warner first, like Warner, what types of shoes are these? And he's like, uh, black ones. <laughs> and she's like, okay, yes, my point. She's like, the guy, he's gay, like. I mean, it's definitely playing into the stereotype of like gay guys knowing designers and straight men not knowing it. But in this case, gay men, gay men, (laughs) not designers, straight men don't. Yeah. In this case, we're just going to roll with it because that's what was written and whatever. Um, (laughs) And so I, I believe she goes up to Emmett first to, you know, claim this point. But once Callahan comes in, he's like, not about it. He's like, there's literally no proof. So we can't go with that. But he doesn't say that as respectfully as I did. He's basically like, irrelevant, whatever. I'm not going to go with what you just said. Yeah, Um, like it makes no sense. Yeah, exactly. And um, so Emmett is, I don't know, I guess, empathetic with Elle and is like, okay, don't worry. Like, I got you. So after Callahan questions the pool guy, the pool cleaning guy, he's like, okay, there's, I guess what he says is like, there's no proof that you were having an affair with Brooke. So really we have nothing to go, go on here. So your testimony or whatever is weak. So he feels that in that he's already winning, but Mm -hmm. Emmett is like, let me ask some more questions. And, Mm -hmm. um, it's like rapid fire questions, right? Yeah. So he's just like, I'm going to make him say yes, 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 yes. Then he's like, oh, and what's your boyfriend's name? Chuck. <gasps> gasps. Yes. Gasps he's like, no, galore. No, 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 no. I didn't mean it like that. Like, he's just like a, like a friend. That's a boy. And then this fucker gets up. He's like, oh, you bitch. <laughs> and like, yes. he's like, no, Chuck, wait. Yes. His boyfriend's in the back. Also, why would you risk it like that? Why would you bring your boyfriend to court? Or maybe you didn't know he was at court, but regardless, I, stupid. I know. <laughs> so many poor decisions made on behalf of these characters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, and so, yeah, after this, it's like a huge win for the uh, Callahan uh group I guess because you know obviously that testimony's out we know they were lying about that so it just makes Brooke look um it, it would look take, even better yeah it takes the motives away and it's like okay then really why would she kill her husband um and after this it's the scene in Callahan's office again where you know Elle is like up on a cloud because she just like did something really cool and helped out the legal team and so um, 
Vivian is like walking out of Callahan's office with like a shit ton of files. And, you know, they have a little cute moment with Elle being like, oh my God, like that was great, blah, blah, blah. Do you need help with the files? And she's like, nah, but Callahan wants to see you. And Elle is like, all right. What? I don't yeah. like, oh, like, she probably just needs, like, a donut with his coffee, so yeah, yeah. that's what he needs. They're yeah, like, exactly. Oh, okay. uh, and this is where oh. I just get so upset. <laughs> the scene sends shivers down my spine. It's uh. disgusting, because then, like, she, he's, like, talking about, like, her career mm-hmm. and her future, and then, like, she's, like, she has, like, her legs crossed. And then I, for, I forget what he says exactly, but, like, right before he, like, starts to, like, feel her up. Like, he starts to, like, put his hand up her skirt. And she, like, shoves him away. Ugh. And then she's, like, she's, like, oh, my gosh. And then he's, like, oh, like, what do you think? Like, like, you actually, like, deserved a spot here, like, or whatever or something. Mm-hmm. And then she's, like, you're disgusting. And then he's, like, oh, like, don't run away from me. Or you, like, you don't have a future if you do that yeah. or whatever. Like, you're just a dumb blonde. Yeah. Oh, he's she was like, so disgusting. So infuriating. Because, yeah, exactly what you said. It's, like. She goes in there with this mentality that, like, again, she's, like, up on cloud nine, living her best life. And, again, yeah, he starts, like, um, what's it, like, complimenting her and being, like, wow, you're, like, so smart. And, like, how did you know about the pool guy? And even though he had clearly dismissed her when he, she told him yeah, to his face. Yeah, that was another thing, too. Just, he was just, like, oh, like, like, oh, like, I believed in you all along kind of thing. I was, like, no, you didn't, bitch. You did uh, not. You did no yeah. such thing. Yeah. And uh, um, uh. also what sucks is that in this moment of, like, him feeling her up and her being, like, what the hell, Vivian sees and, like, misconstrues everything and, like, doesn't give Elle the benefit of the doubt at all and just, like, assumes that Elle squeezed her way into this internship by basically, like, sleeping with him or something, Um, which is literally not what happened. And so even after, you know, Elle is all messed up about literally being sexually assaulted, she goes into the elevator and Vivian, like, um, just digs the knife even deeper by calling her basically like yeah. a slut. Ugh. She's like, oh, you should sleep with the jury and then we'll win the case. And that just kind of like hits an even bigger blow. And like, oh, like poor Elle. Like, like she, she literally like everything that she had worked for, it just kind of like every, everybody just kind of knocked her down off of her pedestal. And it's like, and it's for shit. Like, like wasn't her fault, which I always found frustrating in the movie. I'm like, no. Yeah. And she uh, runs into Emmett on her way out and tells him what happened and like he's pissed but you know everything's happening so quickly and she's like you know what whatever I'm leaving like clearly I'm only here because Callahan thought I was hot and like wanted me to be there to I don't know just look pretty um Emmett tries to convince her to stay but she's just like nah I'm over this shit um Mm -hmm. and this is where we go to the scene with Paulette and you can see that Elle's convertible is like full of all her her stuff. (laughs) Yeah. All her luggage. (laughs) Um, And yeah, this is where she's just like a puddle of tears and expressing how like, yeah, she just feels like so dehumanized, you know, like a, like a object and just like degraded, which sucks. But but even though Paulette is also being like, oh, this sucks. Like, I don't want you to leave. That one professor is in the salon. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like, she turned around and she's like, if you're going to let one man's like, like shitty personality or whatever she says, like, like deteriorate your career, then you're not the woman I thought you were. Exactly. And she kind of gives her like a mini little pep talk. And I'm like, yes. Which I honestly thought, I mean, the first time I watched it, I mean, a little older, right? When I was finally realizing what was actually going on in terms of plot, that came out of nowhere to me. It did. Yeah. I was just like, oh, it's dose. There's a term for it in storytelling. It's like dose ex machina, I think, or something. Like what does that. that mean? So it, it just kind of means like either like a, a plot device or a character is like put into a scene without like any warning or whatever yeah. to sort of help help the protagonist along. So, um, usually, usually it's like an object or something or like a wise person coming in and like, Oh, like, don't give up. You got this or providing information. So in this case, it was the professor being like out of, out of nowhere. Like it just so happens that conveniently she was at the salon right at the moment when Elle was like leaving and like to convince her to, to stay. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I love this pep talk. I love that it was coming from a woman because yes. I was like, if a guy convinces her to go back, I, this is not. No, that would defeat the purpose. That would defeat the purpose of the last like forty, like the last 30, 40 minutes of the film. Yeah, exactly. And I also love that it was the professor that was like, what are you doing? Like, not necessarily thinking she doesn't belong there, but making her wake up a little and be like, okay, yes, you made it to Harvard, but you're here to learn law. You're not just here to like get your boyfriend back, which, you know, I think definitely pushes her toward the right direction. So anyway. What there? Weren't there Wait, scenes ahead. too? Sorry, sorry. There weren't there like also scenes um, during. I think it was like during like the montage sequence where she mm-hmm. was like where there was like right before she got the the internship mm-hmm. where she's she's in that same classroom and you can see her like she's a little bit more prepared and more comfortable and that's when the professor like sees like oh like she's actually like come into her own so I'm gonna keep pushing her which I think is great. Yes, you're right. I had totally forgotten about that. Yeah, it's like a couple scenes before she like. Um, it's a couple scenes in the montage before she like does the really good point in Callahan's class. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. I forgot about that. Um, yeah. And so she's like, girl, you can't let this dude ruin your life. This is not going to be good. And so it cuts to another scene right after this where Vivian and Emmett go to visit Brooke in jail. Um, basically to, you know, get as much information as they can before the next uh, court date. And this is when they reveal to her that Elle is no longer part of her legal team. Like, oh, she quit. And then she's like, why? And then Emmett told her, like, oh, that's because like, Callahan, like, felt her up or whatever. And then that's when you see, like, the face, like, Vivian's face. Like, oh, fuck. Like, I fucked up. I messed up. I messed I'm glad, up. Yeah, I'm glad she, like, accepts her mistake in that moment rather than like being in denial about it but also like uh I just hated her so much because <laughs> yeah she she um I'm glad she is like okay you're right I made a mistake and we need to fix this but I don't know Vivian in this scene was not my cup of tea <laughs> um yeah and then right after this we're back in court and we can see that uh, Brooke comes in. I don't know if you remember what outfit she's wearing, but she's wearing like a, a blazer that's like really low cut with like a beautiful necklace. She's just like 
pulled out all the stops <laughs> for this court scene. Um, and she walks in smiling and goes up to Callahan and is like, well, no, first, first, like she walks in and he's like, what are you smiling about? Like you're going to jail. And then she's like, get up. He's like, what? And she's like, get up. Like you're fired. And he's like, you can't fire me. Like I'm the best like defense attorney in the, in the like, country the county, in the country or some BS. Yeah. And she's like, no, like I have new representation. And that's, that's when Elle walks in. Yes. Beautiful pink, hot pink ensemble. Whether yes, or not yes. that's, that'll fly in court. <laughs> real life is another story but for the sake of cinema it's a huge power move yes i yes honestly that's the most iconic scene in the entire film like anyone even if you haven't seen legally blonde all the way through you know that scene and you know, you know that it's like her badass scene. movement <laughs> yeah and it's again another good job on the costuming department's part too because everybody again is once again wearing like all dark colors and drab colors and she's stands out like a sore thumb which is the intended purpose yeah which is fantastic i love it i also uh i didn't realize this until i rewatched it but um wasn't david kidney is like running behind her like yes she's having her like badass moment of like walking into the court but he's like running (laughs) he's like he's like trying to catch up to her yeah he's like running behind her with this book like ready because once she like gets there and Brooke explains that like she's gonna have Elle represent her Callahan comes over here with like she can't represent you because she's just a law student and then David Kidney comes over here with some law book being like actually in this like random page it Uh, um, says I have the receipts um actually (laughs) yeah and it basically says that she can represent somebody in court as long as another licensed lawyer was there to um observe her basically yeah. and callahan is like well i nope. i'm not the one <laughs> i can't do that i won't do that and then that's an emmett's like oh like i'll supervise and she's like thank you yes he comes through and undermines his boss which i think is a power move that is a big power move i'm just like damn he straight up would turn to his boss and was like nah yeah <laughs> I ain't fucks with you no more. It's um, over. And um, one character that like obviously is just there for like the purpose of this being a court scene. But the judge, I love her so much because you could tell that she's clearly losing patience with like all this random Everything that's stuff. happening. <laughs> yes. And um, so after Emmett just volunteers to supervise, we can see like a bunch of characters that we've met throughout the film come in in support of Elle. Um, the first couple of people that come in is Paulette and the UPS guy and his nose has like the, has the, the little bandage on it. <laughs> I think it's so cute that they gave like they gave her like a little mini audience like oh we're gonna you know sit and watch you do your thing or whatever which I think is so funny but it's so cute. <laughs> but at least Paulette and the UPS guy had like the I don't know. They were like low key about it. You know, they walk in and they're like, hey, girl, like, what's up? <laughs> but right after this, Margot and Serena, her sorority oh, sister, her show sorority up. Friend, they're like, Hell! hi, Elle. they're like, they're like, like just walking in. 
And then they're like, oh my gosh, there's like a judge in everything. It's so cute. Yes. And they're wearing like the loudest shoes and then they have like the gaudiest outfits and the judge is like, ladies, like, like sit down, like yeah. take a seat. They just like have every accessory on the, like they're wearing hats, sunglasses, clunky earrings, like neon trench coats. <laughs> it's, it's, it's iconic. It's so cute though, but then they're like, oh. Yeah, it's so good. Also, random thing I Googled and found out and was shook about. The girl who plays Serena, the the like cheerleader sorority sister, played mm-hmm. um who did she play? She played somebody in Coco. Uh Mama Imelda? Does that sound familiar? She was, she, yeah, that's the, that's the mom. Yeah. The, yeah, she, the mom. Yeah, she voiced her in the English oh. version, at least. Isn't oh, that random? Oh, that is so random, but that's dope, <laughs> though. That's pretty cool. Right? I was like, okay, girl, get that check. Um, get the check. Get that money. Um, okay, so yeah, so we've settled everything, and like, the judge is like, everybody needs to sit down before I like, like arrest another, people. Like something else hits the fan. <laughs> yes. Um, and right after this, you know, Elle is officially in the seat of power to cross-examine Chutney, which is the daughter we had already mentioned before, played by Laura yeah. Cardellini. Um, and so, yeah, she's on the stand. And at the beginning, like, Elle is still awkward, which I appreciate because, like, yeah, that would be really weird if she was immediately, like, the most confident lawyer. Yeah, like, I like that they gave her kind of, like, those little, like, minutes of hesitation of just, like, mm, like so, oh, okay, okay. And uh, so you kind of feel the secondhand embarrassment, like, oh, shit, like, she's stuck. But yeah. I feel like Emmett, Emmett's, like, on, like, the side, like, cheering her on. And he's just, oh, like, you're doing great. Like, mouthing, like, you're doing great. Like, you're good. Like, yeah. keep going. Yeah, I like, mean, oh. yeah. Because honestly, his reputation's on the line as well, you know? So I think it's really cool. And I think it ties back to when she was like, you know what? Um, when they went to visit like the the mom or someone who was saying that Brooke was sleeping with the pool guy, she was like, you know what? Sometimes you got to disregard everything and just believe in someone. We're like disregarding everything going around. And so I think this is that scene where like you could see him actually. You could see him acting that out. Oh my yeah. God, Yes. Totally. Yes. We stand with Emmett. For real. I love his character. Um, so where were we? Oh, yeah. The cross-examination. And so, you know, it's kind of clunky at the beginning. But so Chutney's story is basically that she didn't hear the gunshot go off because she was in the shower. And then when she came downstairs, she saw Brooke standing over the body drenched in blood. Um, and you could tell that, like, that, that's, that story sounds pretty solid, you know, for yeah, the most it's part. Yeah, like a solid alibi, yeah. Um, but the thing, I believe the line that tips off Elle is when she says that she was washing her hair. True. But no, I think it's the line after the fact, because then at this point, Elle like kind of keeps like circling the questions like, oh, like Mm -hmm. what else have you done? What else did you do? Mm -hmm. And then, um, after that, Elle kind of runs out of questions to ask. She's like, well, like what else did you do today? Right. And then she's like, oh, like I went out and she's like, I got a perm and that's what clicks for her. She's like, oh shit. Like. You got a perm. And she and washed then her you hair. Went, then you went to go wash your hair. Hold on. Something doesn't, does, something doesn't look right. Yeah. Something, and then everyone, not- yeah. And then everyone in the courtroom gets really annoyed because this question of being in the shower keeps coming up like a thousand times. And they're like, yes. Yeah. We get it. <laughs> she was, and then she's like, oh, 
but then oh then she's like oh, I got a perm and then I went home and then I was like oh well you took a shower and yes. then everyone's like and the judge is like we get it we understand like she was in the shower we get it you covered it and she's like well now now hold yeah, on yeah yeah you could see like immediately after this her confidence increases by tenfold because she's like I got you and she um <laughs> instead of you know digging in immediately She's like, well, let me tell a quick story. And she starts talking about her sorority sister who got a perm and then she was in like a wet t-shirt contest. Yeah, she's like, oh, we tried to talk her out of it. Curls weren't her look. Curls yeah, weren't yeah. a good look for her. So anywho, and then the other the other lawyer, the, the prosecutor, like mm-hmm. was like, oh, objection, like relevance. And she's like, oh, like I'm getting to my point, I promise. And the judge is like, okay, well, I hurry up and make your point. Yeah, you're like wasting <laughs> everyone's time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, but yeah, she's right. She does have a point at the end because she says, okay. And then after the wet t-shirt contest, obviously she was drenched from head to toe and her curls were messed up. Like they didn't come back because you're not supposed to get your hair wet. I believe it's like 24 hours after getting a perm or else your curls just like get messed up. That's what she, that's where she, that's what she starts digging in. That's where she's like, oh, like, do you want to know, like, can you answer for me? Like why, uh, like her curls got messed up? Oh, and isn't it like a cardinal rule that um, like you're not supposed to wet your curls in 24 hours because it'll deactivate the like something like holly or like the yeah. chemical that's in the curls? And everyone's like, oh shit. Oh, and like wouldn't someone who's gotten like like a perm every year since you were still making it like over a dozen perms know this cardinal rule? Therefore, you wouldn't have taken a shower when you got home because your curls are still intact. Therefore, you would have heard the gun go off. Meaning you would have seen Brooke shoot the husband. So, so well, and then that's what like, it all like <gasps> cracks for everyone. But the thing, the thing that shook me, especially when I watched it the first time was that like through all of this, like connecting the dots, she's like, you killed your dad. You shot him because how would you like, how would you have known that Brooke hid the gun or whatever the heck she was lying about? And that's when like, she, Chutney realizes she's been caught in this lie. But she is so stupid because she confesses, like (laughs) she confesses to shooting her father. But not only that, that she meant to shoot Brooke. Yeah. She's like, I didn't mean to shoot him. I thought it was you walking through the door. And you hear like another audible gasp. Dude. (gasps) Like the whole court gasping every like two seconds. And the judge is like, oh, like court is over. Like she, like she's yeah. been arrested or whatever. Literally. Like, it's done. It's over. And everyone, everyone claps. <laughs> like a show. Like, yay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I mean, I don't know. Again, I don't know like behavioral rules in court, but I feel like even for like really intense cases, if you like yell or something, you can get kicked out of court or like even arrested or something. So, you know. The, the the realisticness and that like massive cheer. I don't know how realistic that is, but for the purposes of Elle getting hers, we're going to go with it. Um, yeah. And then like right after the trial, my boy Warner is like running oh. after Elle. <laughs> he's like, he's like, Elle, that was, that was pretty impressive what she did in that courtroom. And then he like, like, I think, I don't know, like, he, like, caresses her face and, like, grabs her arm or whatever, her hand, and he's like, baby, like, I love you, like, I want to, like, make this work, and then she hits him, she hits him with the iconic line. What's the line, Netta? She's like, oh, Warner, that is so sweet, but if I'm going to be working at the world's most prestigious law firm by the time I'm 30, I'm going to need a boyfriend who's not such a complete bonehead. 
shook it like his face is like fuck fuck like it's over there's so many reasons why that's iconic and i'm so glad she gets back at him in that moment but also there is no indication whatsoever that warner and vivian are not together anymore so my boy is straight up like already cheating (laughs) yeah so he's just like damn like uh, Maybe I can get my like Kennedy career after all with this. And she's a fine honey, but no, yeah. no, 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 no. He didn't deserve that. He was a douche. He's a little dick. Oh Not my cute. gosh. Oh, and uh, then the graduation scene happens like, yes, right after, which I right love. After. So cute. She gets her awesome. like little moment of like walking through the double doors in slow motion. <laughs> First. And then it's like just like 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 heavenly lights or whatever, and then yeah. it's like oh like thank you like, <laughs> like yeah. echoes. Oh, it's so funny. It's so cute. And it immediately cuts to graduation, and Elle Woods is selected as the class speaker, which is amazing <laughs> considering like everyone was so against her at the beginning, and yeah. now she's like voted class speaker, which like is telling. Um. <laughs> Again, I don't know why I wrote this in my notes. I think I just had like just so much issue with the Enid character because like she and David Kidney are sitting in the audience and they're like cheering for Elle, being so happy for her. And I'm like, I can understand David Kidney getting a shining moment, but yeah. my girl Enid, Enid was against Elle. <laughs> nah, nah, Enid can, can get the fuck out of here and out of here with this this fake feminism nonsense that yeah. I support women but I'm gonna put you down because you don't fit the ideal construct of what I think of like a strong liberal woman should be thank you exactly I was like Enid can suck it she's hella fake anyway she can suck it <laughs> anyway um and, and, <laughs> sorry there's like so many little cameos of people in the audience so it's Enid and David Kidney and Elle's parents are there and it's iconic because her dad has a cocktail like in his yeah, hand. Like he's, he's just like, oh, like cheers to my daughter. But like, I don't even let him in with an open container. <laughs> sir, sir, this is a university graduation ceremony. Amazing. He's just like, my martini, thank you so much. Iconic. <laughs> um, and we have that, mo- what would you call this? Like when, because it's not like the 80s like freeze frame with like the captions of like what happened after the movie ends but it has like the little captions at the bottom like just, stating. just like a just like a little mini like recap just just oh. a recap i don't think there's like a proper word for it but, but i thought it was really cool that the filmmakers put that in mm-hmm, it was really mm-hmm. cute so then it's yeah. like oh because then it shows like paulette and the ups driver and it's like oh like they're married and they're expecting like their first kid and they're gonna name it l like, oh, that's Aww, cute. That's and so it's like, sweet. oh, like Vivian dumped Warner and she's like gonna go and she's like has honors and she's gonna graduate with like with a job already. And then it's like Emmett and Emmett's like, oh, like Emmett, Emmett's been dating Elle for like three years now and like he's proposing to her tonight. And I'm like, oh my God, it's so cute. And then it goes to Warner. Yeah. It's like Warner graduated with no honors, no job offers, and no girlfriend. <laughs> Uh, it's what he deserves it what literally is rightfully so uh, yeah he he deserved to just be like the most basic like yes you graduated congratulations but With i mean nothing. what now <laughs> you have nothing. You deserve nothing. he deserves nothing his character was just terrible 
terrible to everyone, including his fiance Vivian. Just shitty. Which um, I think was cool because he was kind of like the antithesis antithesis of like everything that Elle and a lot of the women, with the exception of Enid, <laughs> stood for in the movie. Mm-hmm. Totally. So that was really cool. And I liked I liked Elle. Elle's character development was so cool because she's obviously she started at the beginning of the film. The whole her whole motivation was just, oh, I need to go to Harvard so I can get my boyfriend back. That's it. But then yeah. as like time went on and her character started to get more rounded out, it's like, hold on, I have a bigger purpose here. Like this was like my calling. Yeah. Like at this point, it's not important if I get a guy or not. Cause even with Emmett still kind of pursuing her, she's still just kind of like, okay, like my focus right now is my career. Not Yeah, me. totally. You know, what's funny. And I didn't realize it until right now. I'm pretty sure this is the only romantic comedy where the two people that get together in the end never kiss or anything. Like they don't even have like a, a moment of like, I don't know where it's like clearly they are going to be like romantically linked. And I think that's really interesting because even toward the end, it makes sense. Like considering all the support he's given her and everything, it makes sense that they end up together. I just think that's so, I don't think I've ever seen another film that does that. Have you? Um, not, not off the top of my head or at least one that does it so well. Cause yeah. just like, just, just their, like their chemistry was just really good. And um, just the way their relationship was written. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, you know what? No, it does remind me, ironically enough, it reminds me of Nani and David from Lilo and Stitch. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like, cause like, 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 cause like the whole, the whole movie is like, at least David's character, like you can tell like he's interested in Nani, but Nani always turns him down. But regardless, like he still helps her out with Lilo. He still like is there for her or whatever. But, like, there's not, like, he's like, I'm just doing this out of the kindness of my heart, like, with no, like, you don't have to repay me in any way, shape, or form. Which I think is very similar to Elle and Emmett's re- relationship. Like, Emmett's just that nice, caring guy. And he's just, like, he doesn't want anything in return. He doesn't see her as a romantic object at first. He's just like, oh, like, this is just somebody who needs help. And yeah. I'm here to help them. Which yeah. I think is great. I think that's, yeah, that's really cool. Um, overall, what do you think is like a major theme of the film? I think like a major, I think like there's the major theme is like having, just believing in yourself, mm-hmm. just believing in yourself and having the conviction of, of just being determined. And just because like, there are going to be people who are going to tell you what you're doing is wrong or what you're doing, like you can't do it because of where you come from or because of how you look or because of, you know, your status as whatever. And, but like, she was, she was so determined and she didn't, she, what I admire so much about her character is that up, up, up until maybe like the whole, the Callahan office scene, like she didn't let anybody who brought her down, bring her down. And it kind of, each care, every time she likes, every time somebody told her that like she couldn't do something, uh, she always hit back harder. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of like, oh, like, well, like, you know, what are you doing here? Like, you're just a dumb blonde. But then she's like, well, watch, like, I'm going to show you, like, I'm going to get that internship. Like, oh, Warner, like, you don't want me back? Like, fine, that's fine. Like, I'm here to forge my own path, make my own career mm-hmm. sort of thing. So, you know, don't get, don't get, don't get lost in the storm kind of thing. So. <laughs> Agreed. Wow. Yeah. I really like how you put that. I feel like this movie is usually put in like the chick flick category, which arguably it, it, it is, but I think as the years have gone by, it's aged into this more like female empowerment, um, feminist movie. 
which I think is pretty cool because we can analyze it in a different way now that we're at like a different point in time in terms of feminism and career and all that stuff. Yeah, because you know what? Surprisingly, that movie has aged surprisingly really, really well. Mm-hmm. I mean, give or take like one or two like throwaway jokes. I mean, obviously, like it's a product of the time. Mm-hmm. But overall, the movie as a whole has aged remarkably well. And it shows like it's a huge staple of like, of you know, feminism and cinema and this uh, character. And it's really rare that a character of her caliber is going into a field this big, this huge. And then yeah. that's the focus of the film kind of thing. I remember like we were talking about it in like my women in film class that it's really rare that main female characters that, that their career is highlighted or that it's emphasized. So like a lot of times main, main female characters or main supporting members, they're either only labeled as like, they're either a mother, like that's their career. It's like they're a mother or if they have a career, it's like really vague. So it's like mm. you work, you work at as, as an executive, okay, as an executive of what? And it's never mentioned in the movie at all. Mm-hmm. Kind of so I think it's really cool to see Elle, you know, her character is very defined. Her goals are very defined. Her career is very defined. And she does go through the struggles and tribulations and she's given depth. And the, her, the characteristics that make her her, like the, her little valley girl, little antics, like they keep it. I think that's really cool that didn't, they didn't make her by the end of the movie, she didn't become this like regal, stern, like Harvard person. Like she was still Elle Woods. She's just a career woman, Elle Woods. Like she still loves the color pink. You know, she's still very girly. She still, you know, talks like a valley girl, (laughs) but she's super educated. And -hmm. I think that's really, really cool, which is just, you know, in the pantheon of, you know, when we talk about feminism, Mm -hmm. a lot of, you know, that's a lot of thing that a lot of women like to put other women down for. It's like, okay, well, clearly you're just, you're, you know, you don't represent us because you still like pink and you still, you know, like super girly. It's like, well, what's it to you? Like literally Enid. I have so much beef. that's why I have such a problem with Enid. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, Netta, thank you for being here today and talking about this movie with me i this is really one of my favorites so i'm really glad that you suggested it and that um we could talk about it together so thank you so much of course thanks so much for having me drea this is my favorite movie and i love to talk about it so thanks for thanks for having me on your show this is great yay do you wanna um i always give my guests a little space to plug anything any projects you're working on or any youtube channel stuff going on with you um i think right now the only thing i'm working on is like my tiktok <laughs> okay yeah you have a tiktok i do yes i have a tiktok i'm working on i have like a whole skit i have like a whole book of just like different areas of content that i'm working on uh, mm-hmm. creating as of right now so uh those videos are going to be dropping pretty soon so go check me out the hand the my handle is la nerd mas guapa oh that's so cute okay perfect yeah. Um, I'll make sure to link it and make sure everybody could find it so that we can watch all your stuff. For sure. All righty. Follow me on TikTok. <laughs> Follow her on TikTok, everybody. All Please right, Netta. <laughs> we'll, see you, we'll see you on the interwebs then. Thanks. See you on the interwebs as well. Thanks, Drea. Bye. Bye. All righty, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of That Would Never Happen. Please be sure to follow our Instagram at That Would Never Happen. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, subscribe on Spotify, and look up for new episodes anywhere you listen to podcasts. Stay safe, wear a mask. See you all next time. Bye-bye.